hand. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise, God, because you are great. You are mighty, Father. And we just thank you just for who you are. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for life and life more abundantly, God. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you have created, God. Father, we know that we are choosing to rejoice and to be made glad in it. Thank you for each one that is assembled here today, O oh God. Thank you for your blessings, your keeping power over each one, Father. We thank you for those who are not able to be with us today. Some are, are sick today, God. Some are dealing with different situations, God. We just pray your covering over each one today, God. We thank you for blessing our pastors, God, while they're away and enjoying their time of relaxation and rest and fun, God. And we just thank you for keeping them safely, Lord, until they return again here soon. We thank you, Lord, for each one. God, may your will be done in this place, God. May your will be done in these people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Before we uh, dismiss the children today, we're going to have someone come greet us this morning. We have a special guest here with us today. And it's always good to have some special guests. It's always good to have some family members here. Um, looking for someone else as well. Someone is that individual. Oh, I like you, Trey. Yeah, appreciate you, man. He's such a blessing right there. I don't see that young lady. Where? Danielle, you see Danielle? I missed her. Where is she? Oh, I'm looking too far back. Hey, man, go ahead and stand up, Danielle, right quick. Danielle Teasley. Hey man, because she's home on summer break and she's uh, attending Oral, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Finished up her first year, right? Finished up her freshman year and uh, be here with us for the summer. So we just appreciate what she's doing and what God's doing in her life and just learning, get great education, but also great ministry growth in her life as well. So we're excited about her being home with us. So, Danielle, God bless you, girl. Keep doing a great job. Amen. We also have uh, uh, someone special. We have a guest pastor here with us this morning. We're going to ask him to come and greet us this morning. This is the father of our dear Miss Anita Joseph, her father, Pastor Wilkinson. So come on up, sir. He's going to come and greet us this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Happy to be in Oak Harbor. A little bit colder than Florida. <laughs> but nevertheless, happy to be here. I enjoyed the fellowship that we share and the service thus far. Looking forward to the Word of God. Amen. Happy to. I want to thank you for embracing my daughter. And, and taking taking the um, I got leaving on my mind off of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So she's here and enjoy her husband and it's so wonderful to be here with her and, and, and watching her grow and develop in the Lord. Amen. I know the ministry here is a blessing to her and I just see strides that she's making confidence in Jesus. Told me that she spoke a few minutes months ago and yes. she, she, blew, she blew her own mind. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just thank God for her. Thank God for her. I'm from the Redeemer's House Ministries in 
Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Amen. I, I want to say that I love Jesus with all my heart. Had it not been for Jesus on my side, Come on. I don't know where I'll be. I see God took me, protected me uh, for 36 years in a hostile environment. Amen. Now today I'm retired. Amen. Now you got fired. Right and free, came out free. Come on. Because God was with me. Come on. I want to say to you, no matter what you're going through, that God is able to take you through the storms Come that on. comes in life. You don't have to lose your salvation Come on. to make a stand. Come on. You stand up in Jesus. Amen. And he'll stand up in you. Yeah. And he'll fight your battles for you. Amen. Amen. I don't want to take much of your time, but I want to say one thing. This week, this formula that, I, that the Lord gave me last week in my sermon, uh, fellowship, relationship equals favor. Fellowship, relationship equals favor. Come on. If you don't have no relationship, can't expect no favor. Come on. Amen. Amen. But if you have relationship and fellowship, you got favor. Come on. That you don't have to ask for. But God would honor you. Come on. And bless you like you blessed Daniel. Daniel had to ask for, for, for favor. Come on. Amen. God closed the lion's mouth and gave him the victory. Yeah. Because he had relationship, fellowship equals favor. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Wilkinson, amen. Good to have the man of God in the house. He can see the fruits of his labor. See that his, his daughter is doing beautifully. And we love her dearly, right? We love Samanita. She's doing such a great job. Thank you for sharing her with us for a little bit, sir. We appreciate it. Amen. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children. As they're going, wait, wait, children, before you go. Had the Lord put something on my heart for our instructors. Where are our instructors today? for today? Can you stay in our instructors? They are not the Easter fellowship. They are in the back. Okay. They're in the classrooms. I want us just to believe God for our instructors and our children. As you go into classes, it's important to know that you, too, have an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Lord was just impressing upon me in prayer this morning. I was sharing it with Elder Willie, is that don't assume that the children already know what they need to know. Do not assume that they come to church, they're okay. Offer salvation to the children. So give opportunity, what I'm saying, in your classrooms, not just today, but consistently. Give them an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This could be the beginning of their entire life, their walk with God for themselves personally. could happen right there in the classroom. And so the Lord was sharing that with me. So have that expectation when you're imparting to these children. You're a minister of the gospel, and you're ministering the good news to them. And what a great opportunity for them to come to know Christ for themselves. So let's just pray for that as our children are going. You may come to church every Sunday, children, but you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. Today might be your day. It might be another day. But you take the opportunity to receive Christ into your own heart. And we believe that they're going to last forever. Amen? You can come to Christ at a young age and never turn away. Amen? That is our prayer. That is our desire for them. Amen. Elder Blackburn, you want to say something, sir? 
Sister Beverly thank you, uh, because she really took on a challenge at the very last moment. I thought Saturday that I was I was really had really overcome this stuff, but I had uh, on Saturday night it, it hit me again. So Sunday was was for the same. So uh, I want to thank her very very much. That that's a challenge. She was not supposed to lead the song. That was a song that I brought to them. But but I appreciate her very much for having that courage to go up and lead that song. Amen. So I want everybody to know. All right. Amen. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Up, children, you may go to your class. You trying to say something, sweetie? Yes, ma'am. What? Happy birthday to Miss KK. Amen. Amen. Let's sing a quick happy birthday to Miss KK. Y'all ready? Go ahead, Devontae. You have it? Okay. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. KK. Special, a good friend helped her out. Amen. All right, children, you go to your classrooms, teens. To your classrooms. We'll see you. Expect to hear great things. Amen. We celebrate our youth. Amen. That's about 50% of us going to classrooms. You have an opportunity to move up if you like to. Get a little closer. Move in if you like to. Love our children. I'm thankful to those who instruct them. Amen. What a great joy it is to teach a child the things of God. It's a blessing. I've had a chance to do it. And I love talking with the children. Something that you'll never forget. Hearts are so open, so pure, ready for truth. And once they grab it, boy, they walk pretty boldly in that truth. Appreciate them. Amen. We just want to just honor our pastors in their absence today, our apostle, Apostle David Jenkins, and our Pastor Linda. What amazing leaders they are to this body of Christ. Amen. And that should have been just ringing off the walls right there. They are amazing leaders, and uh, I appreciate their leadership in my life and the impact that they're making in me and helping me to be who God has called me to be. I really appreciate it. I love them dearly. And as they're celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary, uh, I'm looking forward to us getting to our 40th and beyond. <clears throat> We're a little bit away from that. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm saying getting closer, getting closer, and then getting up to our 60s. So we want to do that too. Um, and so there's some of their family members are still here. I think it's all, I know it's always good to make sure that we honor give honor to whom honor is due. I know someone in the classroom that they, we have a few of their family members here as well. Just raise your hand up, family members of our, our pastors. Come on, let's acknowledge them as well. And that's so important. And uh, so we appreciate you and the commitment that you have to this body. I was just kind of, yes, there you go, uh, uh, 
Which one? Trayvon. Amen. I was thinking, there's so much that I could say, and I just, I'm just open to the Holy Spirit, but I was thinking, uh, I had an opportunity to do something yesterday that was, to me, pretty remarkable, but yet challenging. Uh, an opportunity was asked to lead a memorial service for someone I've never known, never met a day in my life, and uh, in front of people that I don't know. <laughs> it's probably about 60 or 70 people, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what do we do here? And uh, uh, But someone that we know is a, a member of our church, and, and uh, the gentleman lived to be 84 years old. I don't know if his, if his what his relationship was with Christ, because I don't that's, that could be a little bit of challenge. Um, so you have to know what does God want you to say to this group of people that are assembled to give honor to the life of a man. Uh, and thankfully the Hardens were there, so that was good to my wife to have some familiar faces. It was really good um, to have that. But I believe that God touched that family as well. And as we wanted to remind them of God's purpose in life, and that each person needs to take full opportunity to use the time that God gives us productively, right? No matter how much time God gives us, I don't know if it's 20 years, I don't know if it's 20 days. I have a very good friend of mine that had two children um, that only lived to be uh, 30-something days old. One year after the death, two years in a row, they had a child that died. Two years in a row. Almost the same month. So I don't know how long God gives us. Some people live to be over 100 years old. But the important thing that I was illustrating to them, you have to take full advantage of what the, the life that God gives us, the time that he gives us to live it productively, to live it purposely, live, live it in a way that others are impacted. One thing I could see, though, was the legacy of this man um, just impacted me because he had... Uh, six uh, children, which that's not a whole lot, mind you, uh, a huge number, uh, especially from his age, his era. Uh, but his six children, out of his six children, uh, they produced 22 grandchildren. That's not a huge number when I've come to know the Jenkins and know that they're well into their 30s. Uh, but then this is the fact that got me. Out of those 22, now they're up to 51 great-grandchildren. Uh, 51 great-grandchildren uh, great and now one great-great-grandchild. A total of 80 souls impacted from the life of this man and this woman that he was uh, married to, the wife he was married to uh, for, I think, 63, 64 years. It hit me the importance of living life and, and the impact of you know, if he didn't have a, if he didn't impact someone's life, those people's lives, why were they gathered? You know what I'm saying? And when they gathered, they weren't arguing and fussing and, you know, and cursing each other out. And, and I could tell there's some challenges, but you know, I think most families have challenges. Uh, but it just hit me really strongly that I want to make an impact with the life of God. And I say impact, I want to leave a good impact. I want people to be to come. I, I'll be very honest. I don't mind telling people what I'm thinking. I want people to come and celebrate my life. And they were doing that for this gentleman. 
So I don't want them to come and have to make up any words. I want them to come and be the heartfelt, you know, heartfully be able to say, this was a man of God. This is how he impacted my life. That's what I'm living. I'm living to impact people that way. I know that you are too. I'm just sharing that because that was an experience that I didn't expect. But it was hit home so real to me. I want to touch lives in a way that they will always remember the God. And I think Jesus kind of set that example, if I'm kind of right. In the 33-plus years that he walked on this earth as God in the flesh, I think he impacted people's lives. I think I'm still reading the same stories. I'm still drawing strength from the same teaching that he, he gave all that time ago. That's how impactful life is. That's not what I came to talk about. I just wanted to share that experience with you. Uh, and it's important to walk by faith. I know uh, I've been kind of challenged and my voice is not quite what it normally is. But you know what? I don't let anything stop me from living for God. And I appreciate Elder Blackburn. You, you bless me by your presence because I know that you're, you're pressing to be here today. I know that you're pressing. But he's here. I'm watching that example. You see what I'm saying? I'm drawing strength from that example. I say, man, I just, I, I, whoa, Holy Ghost right there. I just, I just don't believe that people, believers, are exercising our faith as much as we need to. Call me wrong if you want to, but I just don't believe these faith muscles are being used to the fullest extent that they can be used. Because the, the Bible I read says that with the grain of, with the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that you can move a mountain. So I know that if if my faith used as a grain of mustard seed can move a mountain. I can command this flesh to come on, let's go do what God said do. I just I just kind of believe that. And I don't believe it because I heard it. I believe it because I, try, I do my best to live it. So I'm going to do, I'm, I'm not saying you, 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 if you feel if you if you that down, I understand that. But I'm saying, but I think there's enough scriptures and references to tell me that the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years did something well beyond what people told her she was supposed to be to do. I look at these examples, and I say, God, surely I can get myself on up and come do whatever you want me to do. I remember we used to sing a song a long time ago, said if I couldn't say a word, what would I do? I just waved my hand. I remember learning that from my mama when she started having some really strong health challenges. If my mama was a songbird, man, she could sing, she could sing down like, like angels coming from heaven. But when she got to a point where she couldn't sing as well as she would want to, couldn't play as strong as she wanted to, Mama would praise from her seat. Man, I'm like, man, how in the world you she praise from her seat more than you know people who can do everything with full with full strength? And she would just praise, she would praise the Lord by the way of her hand. I'm saying, man, I learned some stuff from that. It's important to pay attention and learn. Grab these truths. I want to talk to us today about this thought, and I really know that it's impactful for our lives. Heirs of promise. Heirs. Heirs of promise. Heirs of promise. The Bible declares that we are heirs of promise. Uh, Apostle David, again, last week, he, he started, he had such an amazing teaching last week that really blessed me. One of the scriptures he read, I want to kind of uh, revisit just quickly here just by reading it. Uh, um, Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and 
they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. The earth belongs to God. I'm like, what? I like it. And the fullness thereof. The world and all they that dwell therein. He was establishing ownership last week. Y'all remember that? And he, I mean, he walked out. A, he just walked a trail last week. It was like trailblazing to me. And he's beginning to open up that word to see that God is the creator. God is the owner. God is, is the source. And he gives it to us to enjoy and to walk out. That scripture is also echoed in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 26, where it says, For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'd be like, what are y'all talking about some big bang? I'm just, it's just my, my mind right here. I, I, don't, I don't know how a bang could, could produce all this. I'm, I'm, I just have a hard time gathering that. I'm just my, my personal. I have a hard time grasping that, that these bodies could be so intricate and that every corpuscle, that every vessel, every cell within this body is so uniquely designed. How could a bang do that? I be thinking about that. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to see how how could I, I, I just I'm just I just can't wrap my mind around that. You say, oh, you about to walk down the street? I'm not standing on that street too long. What I've come to understand is that as heirs of promise, we have to go to the source of the promise. Uh, Elder Willie, you said something up here, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Yeah, promise. When you start talking about promise, given to Abraham, given to Isaac, given to Jacob, uh, you were right on, man. I got kind of excited sitting right there. Well, Lord, thank you for more confirmation. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. We're going to just do some teaching this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 says, For as much as ye have manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, not written with written with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And I really want to hit that last verse. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who we are, who we, who, what we can have, what's available to us is because we are connected through relationship and through fellowship with God, the creator, the giver of the promise. And that just blesses me because your perspective, a person's perspective, you can tell a person's perspective by the way they live, by the way they act, by the way they talk. You know what I'm saying? By the way they interact in conversation or in life, you can tell a person's perspective. Some people have the proper healthy perspective to know that God loves them so dearly that they are children of God. And as God's child, he's going to take good care of me. And as God's child, I have the ability to access what he has for me. Some people believe it and know that they're a child of God, but don't actually believe that they have 
access to the things of God. I want to kind of deal with that today. Perspective is important. Would you agree with that? So I like that verse 5. It's not that any of us are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of, as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. God is the source of life. God is the source of strength. God is the source of joy. I was talking about perspective there. One's perspective is important. Let's look at uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. And we're going to examine several scriptures. I think they're kind of working on something back there, so I'm not sure if they would display our scriptures quite yet. But you have your Bibles uh, in many forms there. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, thank you, they are the what? And I don't think it's just limiting, limiting it to sons, but obviously there are daughters. Amen. That's just who they identified in that culture um, as much. That's how they focused. But the families were blessed through the male. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. Father, I'm glad you're here today, Ava, because I know you help people preach. You help me preach today. So she's a fill-in-the-blank lady. So the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? That we're children of God. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, bears witness with our spirit because we are a spirit being that we are the children of God. It's good to have a father. Would you agree with that? I like that because you say, well, we, because of this relationship and fellowship, I can cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, can I talk to you right now? Daddy, I just, just, just want to tell you how much I appreciate you right now. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. Read that. And if children, here we go, if we are children, if you are a child of God, I'm a child of God, then guess what? Heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, this is a part of that 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 being an heir, being a, a part of God and if we suffer with him, come on. So suffering is a part of this relationship and fellowship going through some things and they oh no, you're doing all right, man, till you talk about suffering. Can I can I just have can I just be with God and all things be Okay, Bobby, can't everything just be peachy cream and can it just be a, a flowery bed, bed of ease? If I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, as he suffered, I too must suffer persecution. But guess what? That we may also be glorified together. So even the suffering is not the final outcome. Suffering is not the final answer. There is no period on the, on the, on the word suffering. To me, that's just a comma. It's just a, a colon. It's a semicolon. Come on. It said something else is about to happen right here. I might be going through by right now. But because I'm a child of God and I'm standing on his promises, you just better keep on looking at the rest of this here. Because the Bible said I'm going to also reign with him. I'm, I'm going to be glorified together with him just as he suffered. Amen. 
And I know that you have some personal ex- experiences of that. I have some personal experiences. I wish I could tell you half of them. I can't quite do that in this setting. But I do know that when you stay on, in line with God and you keep on pressing on with him, even your, your worst of situations are destined to turn around. Somebody needs to know that right now. Your worst of situations are destined to turn around. And I got to thinking about it even from just a, a natural perspective. It can rain all day long. And, 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 and I forgot what it is. There's different uh, statistics for even Seattle. I think it was a couple of years ago or in that area that it set a record for rainy days or something like that. I can't remember. This maybe two or three years ago. And I can't tell you what the, how many days it was. But a consecutive days, every, every city has a record for something. How, how hot it is, how cold it is. Days, I know Minnesota, I heard that during the wintertime, set a record for days of being under uh, zero degree, being negative degrees. They set a certain record. All those things are true. But guess what? I've come to learn, and you've come to learn. It doesn't last forever. It's not going to rain every day. And I say, how can you say that? Well, I think the Bible has already told us that. That God will not destroy the earth again by water or flood. So it's only going to rain a certain amount of time before it's going to stop raining. And the sun is going to break forth at some point. Maybe it's a dry season. Maybe it seems like a wilderness season. But even in the, in the hottest of deserts, when you get to the, into the evening time, it does get cool and it gets cold. Come on. So I'm encouraged by that, that when you're going through something... Just know you are doing just that. That's what it's meant to do. You are meant to what? Go. Say it again. Go. You're not to go and stay. You're to be going through. That's why it's called going through. But some people have not, not had the right understanding to know that going through means you're going somewhere, though. This is not the final call. It's just kind of like if you're traveling from here, going to Fort Lauder, uh, Lauderdale, uh, Florida. And uh, you need to get some gas. You're not going to make it on one tank of gas. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to make it on one restroom break. It's not going to happen. You're not going to make it on one meal. It's not going to happen. So what you're going to do is you're going to have to take an exit to refuel. Take an exit to replenish yourself. But then you go through that exit, you finish it, and you get right back on the journey because you've got somewhere that you're going. Life is like that when challenges come. It may just, I may just need to be on an exit. I may just be on a little detour, but praise God, I'm going to get back on the road, and I'm going to make it to the destination God has for me because he's a promise-keeping God. Amen. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a witness that he's a promise-keeping God. Right perspective says, I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Yes, I remember I was, I was a sinner. I remember I messed up. I know I turned my back on. I know I've fallen sometimes. That is true, factual, to the max. But guess what? I get back up again. And he cleans me up. And he, he tells me in his word that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness to set me right back in right standing with him. 
people, I think that I know there needs to be an elevation of perspective of knowing that God loves me to this degree that he will never leave me in the place where I am. But he's always calling me higher. He's calling me further. He's calling me deeper. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says this. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I, okay. All right. Uh, Romans 4 and 21. I'm sorry. Romans 4 and 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform it. This is talking about the life of Abraham. And as, as well, Elder Willie mentioned, the life of Abraham. Come on. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. He had no children at the time. Come on, I need you to connect with this by right now. God made a promise when it didn't seem there was no fruit that this was going to happen. There was no evidence that this was going to happen. Come on, Diane. But it happened. It happened. Sorry, I was going to say it happened here first, right? There was a faith connection to say that if I'm bringing forth a child, it's going to happen. God made me a promise. We're going to have some children, Johnny. Come on. God made a promise to Abraham that Abraham connected through personally and began to trust God and believe him with. Sarah came alongside eventually, and she began to believe God. But God gave a promise. And so when this scripture is referencing the promises to Abraham, he said, and being fully persuaded that when he, what he had promised, he was also able to do it. Will God open up doors for you? Will God make ways for you when he's talking about there's a promise that's given to you? Come on, God put he come on, he put life in the womb that had not that had been barren. Come on now. He gave strength to a man that was well beyond his child his being able to bring forth a seed and that be to produce a child. Come on. God will go to the nth degree to get his promises to us. I love it. He's a promise keeping God. Uh, Galatians 26 through 29, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ, Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. That's where you come in. That's where I come in. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Paul was dealing with some things. Remember, he was called to be the apostle to to the Gentiles. Come on. He said there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for we are all what? One in Christ Jesus. I'm here to help you through Scripture to see from the right perspective. You have the same privileges, the same entitlement to the promises of God. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Do you see yourself as an heir of the promise? As an heir to the promise, you you live life from a certain perspective. You don't live saying, God, if you, if I just hope you, oh, God, I beg that you would. No, you don't. You say you live from a perspective that says, God, your word says. And I'm going to stay in line with your word. And because I'm standing in line with your word, you said this will be the result. So all I'm going to do is keep myself positioned under your authority, under your relate, uh, under your your rule. I'm going to stay in relationship and fellowship with you. And God, you're going to bring this thing to pass. I'm going to give you something a little personal here later on. So y'all, we're kind of building up to that point. 
Because I'm not just giving you words. I'm not just giving you slogans. I'm not just giving you verses. to remember. I'm telling you, these are life-impacting Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God said something about His Word. It will never pass away. So what He promised then is still alive today. Galatians 4 and 28 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, Isaac was the fulfillment of the promise. Abraham was the father. Isaac was the promised son. Just as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Put yourself in there. I put myself all up in there. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Man, that, that, that just helps me for a whole lot right there. I know that I didn't deserve it. I know that I couldn't earn it. But the fact is, he made provision for me to have it. And so, therefore, I'm going to live from the perspective of, God, you did it for me. And so I'm going to give it back to you with everything that you've given to me. I'm going to live it understanding that it comes from you. Galatians, I mean, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. I'm giving you a lot of scripture because it has to be scripturally based. That the Gentiles, uh uh-oh, the Gentiles, that means you're not Jew. I don't know if we have any in here. I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe I could be surprised. So I don't know. That the Gentiles should be what? Fellow heirs, right there on the screen. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partake partakers of his promise in Christ, how? By the gospel. How do you come into a relationship with the promise? By the gospel. Come on. Be the spreading of the good news. How is it that I have a relationship with Christ? How is it that you have a relationship with Christ? If you don't have a relationship with Christ, how do you have a relationship with Christ? Through the promises that are given through the gospel. The good news. That God did so love the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, in whatsoever condition, if I may add that, in whatsoever condition would believe on him should not perish, but that person is, has a guarantee. Here's a guarantee. They shall have everlasting life. I, I, I grab on to these promises, and God said, this is for me. I didn't do it. I didn't earn it, but Lord, you said it's mine. Come on. A child that's born cannot earn our love. They, they, don't, they don't necessarily deserve our love as they come forth. They may not. Come on. But once they become our child, guess what? What I have, you have. And it kind of reminded me of you have a child in your home, and you have a refrigerator full of goodies. And they just keep walking by the refrigerator saying, man, I wish I could get something out of there. I saw them put something in it. I wish I could get something. So they go live every day, waking up, going and looking at the refrigerator. Man, I, I saw them go shopping at the commissary. Or they went to Safeway or Albertsons or over to Costco. They came back with some goodies. I surely wish I could have them. You're a child of theirs in the same home. Not knowing that you can go in there, walk in there, and open that refrigerator and get what you need. That's, that's really, even in the spiritual sense, I know that's a natural illustration, but it's in the spiritual sense. You are a child. 
you have entitlement. You have, you have privilege because of the promise that God made to one man called Abraham. And it just blessed me because God, I mean, God wasn't playing around. He said, Abraham, I know, I know you, I'm calling you out from where you, I'm calling you out from where you've been. I'm calling you out from the life that you knew. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm making you the father of many nations. Your, 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 your seed is going to be like the sand on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the shore that can't be numbered. It cannot be. Uh, you, somebody needs to connect with it. can't be numbered. One man God made a promise to. And look at us now today, sitting in here May 4th, 2014, living for God, talking about the promises. I, I believe that's proof, that's evidence that God fulfills his promises. He told Abraham, one man, I'm going to do this. Gave him a, gave him a help me, say, I'm going to do this through you. And I like the circumstances. You know, God, God just don't be playing around, man. Because he sets up the circumstances already to seem impossible. So he didn't just call the man, but he called the woman who had been barren. And he, he lets them go on and get on up in age. Come on, keep, come on, just keep going. Are you almost, whoa, in the mind of God, you're almost there. You're almost there. Woo! And here they go, hit the age, and God speaks to them, saying, you're about to bring forth a child. God likes to set up the circumstance. He sets up the atmosphere so well to say, you know what? Watch me do this in your life. Watch me move in your they said you couldn't do it. They said you wouldn't be nothing. Watch me do it. Come on, just what? I just need you to come in relationship with me and watch me move in your life. I'm like, whoa, God. I, I get excited that God will call me. We used, to, we, used to, we used to sing that song, I'm a friend of God. I know we don't quite sing it as much anymore, but man, I, that song was anointed. You know, at the end of it, it says, You called me friend. You call me friend, you call me friend, you call me Fred. Hey, hey, praise the Lord. I knew that song was written for me, man. You call me Fred. Hey, I'll be saying, I'll be saying, like, man, what are you saying? As long as I get to the D, they don't know what I just said right there. You call me Fred. Hey, they don't know. I'm not saying friend. You call me Fred. Hey, slide it in there. Hey, put your name on it. Come on, girl. Call me Fred. Y'all know I'd be slipping that in there, did you? All right, praise God. And he gave away a secret. No wonder we're not singing anymore, neither. All right. All right. Amen. No, Devontae's in there, too. Oh, Devontae's in there. know that, man. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh, praise God. For the promises, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God. Woo! For all the promises of of God. All the promises of God. I can't even begin to tell you all these promises. Just when you read the scripture, you're reading promise. When you're reading said he bless you, you're reading promise. When you're saying that he's provided, you're reading promise. All the promises of God in him. I like that because the promises, it should let you know where the promises are. The promises are not in me. The promises are not, you know, because sometimes I might, I might make a promise to you, Justin. I might make a promise, man. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to call you. I'm going to meet you, you know, and, and I forget. It happens. You know, I'm glad you, the perspective said it happens. You didn't get an attitude about it. It just happened, you know. 
But see, I'm limited in my promises. But all the promises of God in Him are what? Yea, and they're what? Oh, we might as well just go home by right there. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the benediction. His promises are yes, and they are amen. You can say the benediction and praise the Lord. Get ready for the loaded baked potato. Come on. It's the promise of God. They are yes, and they are amen. But because some people still need to hear it, I've got to continue on. Because faith comes by hearing. So some are getting it, but they don't quite have it yet. So we need some more evidence. Are you with me? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, five points I want to bring to you. Five keys to accessing the promises of God from the position of an heir. You have to access the promises from the position of an heir. Some people say, well, the word of God's not working for me. I'm just not getting it. I'm saying, well, what, well, what are you thinking about? Uh, how do you see yourself? If you don't see yourself, if you see yourself as undeserving, you probably have a hard time accessing the promises. If you see yourself still as a sinner that, that, that hasn't got it right yet, then you, 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 that's probably why you can't access the promises. The Bible says, I am the righteousness now. I am now. I know I was. But I am now the righteousness of God, where? In Christ Jesus. So you've got to see yourself from the way God sees us and not from how I can even put... I am not even talking about somebody else. I'm not even talking about Elder Willie talking bad about me. I'm talking about my own mind. I can limit my own access to the promises. And I'm saying I'm not limiting any accesses to the promises. Bible said that by his stripes I am healed. Man, I, I, put my, I put that promise right on in. So when I have that moment, God, thank you. By your stripes I am healed. I'm just going to walk out that promise. And what happens? Here comes the manifestation of that promise. Come on. All the promises, promises in God, they are yea, they are yes, and they are amen. You better, you can count on it. Here are five Five keys to accessing the promises of God from the position of an heir. You ready for it? Uh, go ahead and list it. Number one, you have to live honorably. We're going to talk about that. Number two is speak thankfully. You say, what is this talking about? We'll see it. Number three is you have to act boldly. We're going to talk about it. Number four is you have to respond faithfully. We're going to get, come back to you. You'll be able to see these again. Uh, number five is you must trust courageously. You must live honorably, speak thankfully, act boldly, respond faithfully, and trust courageously. Five keys to accessing the promises of God from the position of an heir. Point number one, live honorably. If, a, if the something's been given to you, been given to you by God, it's I am, I, I, am, I am responsible now of living honorably. This has been graced upon my life. This has been lovingly given to me by my loving God. I need to live honorably. Not living, you know, you see, you've seen the stories and you see the, even uh, today we still have the different, uh, different nations and, and they have kingdoms and and they still have royal families and all that and carrying on. And, and uh, the British, you know, they have some challenges uh, uh, from time to time. And, and boy, uh, you have the promise. You're next in line. Uh, but, boy, you need to live honorably. I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just using it as an example.
because people are watching how you live, right? They know where you come from. They know where you've been. They know we've been hanging out. They know we've been hanging out here and living faith, y'all. Come on, they know we go to church, y'all. They know we get dressed up on Sunday and Wednesday and go somewhere. Come on, people know this. I'm responsible to live honorably. I'm responsible that where I am, I need to be a good representation of God. I am responsible, the people that I'm impacting, that I'm impacting them with truth, and that I'm being that model of example, that they say it's not just a church thing, but it's a life thing. It's not just a church thing, but it's a life thing. Living honorably is point number one. Abraham received the promise, and what did he begin to do? God told him to get up and go. What did he do? He got up and went. He said, just get up and go to a land I'll show you, man. You're talking about living honorably. Woo-wee! Get up and go to a land that I show you. Come on, gas up the cars, Catherine. Gas it up. Fill it up with what you have. And just hit the road and, and just go where I tell you to go. I'm like, woo, God. I've got to make sure I done heard from God. Now, that may seem strange today, right? I see it in the Bible. I see this. I've met a man. I know a man. He's a, he's a pastor. Really, evangelist is really what he is. Uh, and he, uh, 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 he ministers at the prison with us at Monroe Correctional Facility. And uh, on a certain Saturday, we're there uh, third Saturdays of the month. He's there on the first Saturdays of the month. And uh, he was living in um, California uh, somewhere. I can't remember exactly where he was. And uh, he was just seeking God, and God was telling him to do exactly this. Gas up. He had an RV. Gas up and go to the place I'm telling you to go. I'm like, whoa. I hear this man's testimony. It blessed me. I'm like, wow. I read in the scripture, but I haven't seen that, you know, in the natural here uh, lately. And he gassed up, and he began to drive. God told him, I-5. So he got on I-5 and just started driving. And he, of course, had to make these stops, like we talked about on the way. And God didn't say, this is not it. Keep going. He drove literally up to Arlington. The exit, uh, I think that's 208, if I remember right. That exit, 208, and God said, this is the place. Had not been to that place. Had not lived there before. But God told him to go. Went there, had an RV, began to have services on Sundays for those who would be traveling through. I'm saying, are you serious? People would come. Of course, people stop. People would come. People would come. And he would just minister the gospel. He really was an evangelist. He is an evangelist. He would minister the gospel, and people would be blessed on their travels. God had used him. Now they've been settled there for, it's been a while ago, they've been settled there, and they have a, a, a ministry. They have established a halfway house, so even a recovery house, for uh, those who are coming out of prison. And he had at that moment probably about six different houses between Everett, uh, Marysville, and Arlington that he was ministering to those who were coming out. Off of a promise. Off of a direction. I'm like, wow. God is still doing it today. And people are hearing his voice 
and going and doing and seeing the benefit of what's happening. And there he is ministering. And that's not an easy crowd to minister to, y'all. Y'all just never saying, there's not a, a Sunday, get up, go to church, uh, Sunday, how do you say that, Sunday morning, get up and go to church uh, uh, kind of thing. These are those who are having some tough situations. And yet he's, he's ministering to them, and their lives are turning around, and they're changing, and he's helping them to go out and walk in life with a relationship with Christ. I'm like, man, God, continue to bless John Mack is his name. Bless him, God, John Mack, in the work that he's doing for the kingdom of God. Amazing man. I love him. Live honorably. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. That's Proverbs 3 and 9. Uh, the next one, sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious, Psalm 66 and 2. Living honorably, I'm going to make his name famous. Well, from, from my lips... You're going to hear honor and glory goes to God. I'm going to make his name. I'm going to live honorably. I'm going to make his name famous. God, you're a good God. Uh, John 5 and 23, that all men should honor the Son, Jesus Christ, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. I want to be one that honors the Son. I want to be one who honors the Father. First uh, Peter 2 and 17 is not just left at, you know, our relationship with God, but honor all men. Uh-oh. But I'm going to live honorably. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Man, instruction. Love the brotherhood. Man, I love, I love the people of God. I'm not mad at anyone. I love the people of God. I look forward to being with the people of God. I enjoy the people of God. This is a great place to gather. It's not just this place. Any place that's gathering in the name of the Lord, that's a great place to gather. I remember being on deployments, man, and where we can gather, hey, we're in the right place. I just want to gather. Keep each other strong. Fear God. Honor the king. Second point is speak thankfully. How many people spend time complaining about life? How much time is spent complaining? I wish I would have, could have. How do they say that? Should have, would have, could have. They can have a little thing. I can't quite get it all, but all three of those words in there somewhere. And I can understand that, having a goal. You want to reach your goals. I'm all for that. There's something about speaking thankfully. Speaking from a positive perspective. I, you know, oh, man, when a person thinks negatively, ooh, that's, that's a hard thing to... I'm not saying it's difficult, but it, it, it's a challenge to, to change someone's thinking from negative thinking. Not impossible. It's a little challenging. Uh, the sun is shining outside. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it is windy. Is it shining windy? Um, use this as, as an illustration. Is it shining? Okay, somewhat. So let's say the sun is shining outside brightly, and someone says, well, it's probably going to get cloudy here in the next couple of minutes. We're just talking about how, how great the sun looks right now. What, where in the world did that come from? Perspective. Thoughts. Attitudes. It's got to be positive. It needs to be full of life, full of strength. And I know people's lives have been affected. I understand that totally. That's why I'm saying we would transform. Each, a person is transformed by the renewing of their minds through the renewing through the Word. 
having our minds washed by the water. I like that in Ephesians chapter 5. It talks about the, 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 the life is washed by the Word, taking a bath in the Word. Come on now. Woo! Lathering up. Getting all clean because the Word is cleansing out all that filthiness and the worldliness and bringing in the life of God that He intended for us to have. Speak thankfully. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 18 says this. In everything. Uh-oh. Whoa. No, no. Don't tell me that, man. Come on. Come on. Don't tell me that. Don't go down that street. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I be putting Fred up, man, man, in everything. Fred going to give some thanks. And I, I live from that. God, I just thank you. I'm just glad to be. And so, I know what people told me when I first came here that was coming here in the military. They said, man, it rains so much. It's gray skies. I've been here four years. I, I feel so depressed when it gets to. I'm saying, I don't know what you're doing. Because where I go, the sun is always shining. That's just the way it is. And I'm saying that because I have a relationship with God, and I know that God sent me on assignment. I went with a purpose. I know there's something for me to do. So wherever I go, you better know it's the right place. And so it might be gloomy to you, but, boy, I see the sun shining. My favorite type of weather, I enjoy that about Whitby Island, my favorite type of weather, and you probably say, that is crazy. My favorite type of weather. Did anyone guess it? Let me see if you can guess it. My favorite. Who said that? I heard it. What'd you say? Oh, no. I thought I heard it from someone. No. 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 All of them know. Unless someone said it, I did not hear it. So if y'all, if I say this, y'all, no. And that's all of them. Yeah, but that's not it. You ready? She said, let us know today before I go to, before I go to Texas. I want to know. <laughs> foggy. You said foggy? Foggy. Foggy is my favorite type of weather. Exactly. Why? When I see the fog, I want it to be as thick as it can be. I want it to thicken up the... We used to... This part of the testimony. When we used to live in a certain place here, man, the clock, the, it would just roll in. it flood the neighborhood. Foggy. You couldn't hardly see. Someone said it. The presence of God. To me, that's what I see. I see the overwhelming, the presence of God flooding the region. So much that you can't even see your own self. You can't even see each other. From my perspective, I see God. Now I, got you, I have your attention. Because you can't see yourself. You can't see others. All you see is me. That's just my perspective. So when it's the foggier it gets, the better I get. I'll be like, whoo, praise God. The presence of God is surely in this place. And scripturally it says that there's a Shekinah glory that filled the earth, you know, filled the temple. Come on. I'm just saying this is mine. You have yours. It might be sunny and 90. I understand that. I enjoy that too. But my favorite is foggy because I'm thinking about the presence of God. 
I want it to be that thick, that evident in the earth that it overwhelms everything else. So now you have to tread with caution. You can't just go out and do stuff. You have to think about what you're doing. You have to be acutely aware, pay attention to what's happening because you can only see so far. So I'm going to have to trust God to see me through it safely. Anyway, that's just my little thing on this, on this note. Didn't have it in my notes. That was just a remembrance. First uh, Corinthians 15 and 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, and that scriptures report in, 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 before that was talking about uh, he's given us the victory over, over death, over the grave, over hell, over circumstance. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory in every situation. Uh, Psalm 107 and 1. All give thanks unto the Lord. Uh-oh. Here's a reason why. For he is what? And his mercy. Woo-wee! All give thanks unto the Lord. That's a song, right? For he is good. Yeah. For he is good. He's worthy, worthy. Robert's gone. For he is good. Yeah, yeah. He is good. All right. The Caribbean feel. Let's add a little. In honor of our pastor here today. The Caribbean feel to it. You know, flavor. Uh, 92 and 1, Psalm 92 and 1. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name. Woo, almost high. Come on, come on, just. Come on, thankfully. Speak thankfully. Speak from that perspective. Third one is act boldly. Uh, act boldly. Act like, you know, <sighs> I was thinking about this. I've heard this on the, kind of on, on television. Uh, um, this is sports, in the area of sports. Uh, you know, they, there's a little, little thing they say that, you know, if you win a championship, uh, you know, celebrate. But, uh, oh, here we go like this. You don't have to be a championship. You score a touchdown, Devontae. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Okay. Why? Yeah. That's the rule. Okay. Okay, let's say at the pro level. Uh, Barry Sanders, um, Emmett Smith, that's a good example. Thank you. Exactly. And I know I kind of went to a football analogy, but two of the greatest running backs ever in the NFL – because they score touchdowns, they act like they, they, their thing is, I don't want to act like it's my first time ever doing this. I've been there before. I'm going be, to do this. I'm going to do this again. So score a touchdown, give the ball to the referee. Not celebrating, not getting all extravagant, want people to see something. I've been there before. I'm a winner already. I don't need to entertain anyone. I'm just going to go back and do my job, and we're going to score again. I like that, that approach because it's not that many. So act uh, boldly uh, means act like you've been there before. You know, <laughs> like you've been there before. Like, wow, I can understand, you know, celebrating. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, come on. Here's, here's, here's a script I want to use. It because put this in. Uh, Ephesians 3 and 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. I'm talking about boldness and access into the presence of God. Uh, celebrate that, yes. But come with boldness. 
Why? Because He's given us the access. Uh, Hebrews 4 and 16, Let us therefore come, how? Boldly unto the throne of grace that we may uh, obtain, there's a word, that we may obtain mercy and find, these are key words, obtain, find, grace to help in the time when He come boldly. Don't come thinking, like, maybe, I'm not sure, God, I'm just not sure. But if, if, if you're not too busy, I remember people used to pray that when I was growing up in church. God, if you're not too busy, I'm serious. Am I right? Am I right? From the, some of you have been from the older churches. If you're not too busy, can you hear my prayer? I understand what they're saying. They're staying humble. Make sure we're not getting... I understand that. I, but I'm, I, like, some things I just had to connect with. Like, I just pray that too, Lord, if you're not too... I go, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Something was left out. Something was missed here. The Bible says to come boldly before the throne of grace. Come asking. Uh, uh, Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and ye shall what? Seek, and ye shall knock, and it shall be open to you. For to the next verse, for to him that asketh, to him that seeketh, to him that knocketh, the door is opened unto him. So it gives keys to, as long as I'm in fellowship and I'm in relationship with God, I can do these things and have an expectation that father is listening to his son or listening to his daughter and says, I'm going to do that for you. From the right perspective. See, it's not, it's not in our own self, but he's given us boldness. He's given us access. I'm going to act boldly. Um, um, and I'm giving you that enough for that. I'm, I'm going to skip that third one. Let's go to respond faithfully. Respond faithfully. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by and not by respond faithfully. God says do something. He says he's going to do it for us. Respond faithfully. Respond in faith. Not wavering, not doubting, but believing solely convinced, thoroughly convinced in your spirit that God said it and he's definitely going to make it good. My, it's his job to fulfill it. It's my job just to stay positioned. I don't fulfill it. God fulfills the promise. My job, Colossians, is just to stay, stay positioned where he wants me to be. And watch his promises. Woo! The Bible says they begin to overtake you. Uh, I, I want those overtaking things. I want those overtaking blessings. That, like, what in the world? That came from God. We'll say where they come from. But obviously it came from God. Respond faithfully. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Habakkuk. Uh, uh, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. In other words, the soul that's lifted up thinking that they did it, the prideful, uh, is not going to receive the reward. But the just, that's us, who those who have been justified, shall live by his faith. Mm. Galatians 3 and 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. That is one of the foundational scriptures of Living Faith Christian Center. If you haven't quite noticed that on our information sheets and talks about who we are, what we're about, our history is the just shall live by his faith. Living Faith Christian Center. The just shall live by faith. Living Faith Christian Center. That's where it comes from. 
that's our identity is in the Word of God. Some of you probably didn't know that. I'm, I'm saying you probably need to say it a little more often, I guess. Galatians 5 and 16 and verse 25 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. I like that. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This scripture helped me when I was young and single in Hawaii, away from home, my first church away from home. I heard that scripture uh, preached from the pulpit, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, here's a key uh, that helps me to stay right with God. I don't have to give in to my flesh. Oh, praise God, I needed that at that time, 18 years old. Are you serious in Hawaii? Hey, hello. No accountability, no family members. Are you serious? Hey. But I thank God for putting in my mind a desire to live for him. This was a keeping scripture right here. This was one that kept me. One of those scriptures I never, it kept me. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh might want to see all this and get pretty excited. But I'm going to keep walking in the spirit so that I can stay focused. And I will not fulfill the lust of my flesh. But once I stop walking in the Spirit, I'm starting to do what? Fulfill the lust of my flesh. But if I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm not fulfilling the lust of my flesh. I'm fulfilling the the, the desires of the Spirit. And therefore, I'm getting spiritual benefit. And a part of spiritual benefit are the promises of God. Because I've chosen how to walk. Today, choose you this day, Joshua said to the the children, choose you this day which way you're going to go. But as for me and my house, I've already determined we're going over here. We're walking to the, to the Lord. That's a scripture that'll keep you. If you need a scripture that'll keep you, put it in your pocketbook. Put it in your, uh, that's for the ladies, so for the men, put it in your wallet. What's in your wallet? You know what I'm saying? I've got uh, Galatians 5 and then, and, and, uh, uh, where is it, 5 and 16 in my wallet. And I'm going to add number 25 to it too. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we're spiritual beings, then let's walk in the Spirit. I'm putting both of those in my pocketbook and in my, in my wallet, and I'm going to walk those out. Trust courageously. Love that, that point. Trust courageously. Uh, Matthew 12 and 21 says, And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Talking about the name of Jesus. And in his name shall the, uh-oh, Gentiles. <gasps> That's who I am. I came from. And in his name, the name of Jesus, shall the Gentiles trust. That's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. 2 Corinthians 3, 4, And such trust have we through Christ to God, to God. Such trust, courageous trust, we have through Christ to God. Oh, Hebrews 10 and 35, 36. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence... Hmm. That, is that good, Jewel? Amen. That's a good one. I'm with you. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. He made the promise. I'm going through the life situations. I need to stay patient. I know that's a challenge, right? I need to stay patient. I need to stay under the will of God. I still need to believe what he says because it is definitely coming to pass that ye might what? Receive what? 
the promise. God's desire is that you and I might receive His promises. That's His desire. If He promised you peace in the midst of a storm, He wants you to receive peace. He said, great peace have they that love thy law. And nothing that Jasmine does to me shall offend me. You know what I'm saying? Praise God. And me just saying it to Jasmine doesn't offend her because she has great peace. And that was a lot of amen on that one, Jasmine. Wow. Wow, maybe we need to talk later. Praise God. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for participating there. Let me tell you about why I was, uh, not why, but let me give you some personal experience. So those five points there, did y'all get them? Number one was what? Point number two. Point number three. Point number four. Point number five. And guess what? You'll find yourself receiving the promises. You'll find yourself walking in the promises of God. I'm not telling you something I just made up, right? We see the scripture references, so you got to have the right foundation, right? You've got to have the right foundation. You have to have the right, you know, belief system. To know that it comes from God, and he, yes, and he'll take good care of us, and it's his delight to give us the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, uh, Isaiah 1.18, if you be willing and obedient, you shall finish it. Thank you very much. That's why she's called the finisher. Amen. <laughs> the finisher. Miss Ava is the finisher. <laughs> if you be willing and obedient, you are, you, you, there's a promise, you shall eat the good. I'd be, I'd be, oh, Lord, if you be willing... That's why I said this years ago, and I like this. I hear it echoed. You need to have a what in your spirit. Say it again. Have a yes in your spirit. If you be willing. And, and see, willing doesn't even say that I know everything quite yet. It doesn't say I see you've outlined the picture for me, that A to Z, this is what you're going to do. I don't see all that quite yet. It says if you be willing. If you be willing, have a yes already in your spirit. And I know people have to they have to think about it and all that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying if there's a yes in me. You know what? I get, wow, over these years, I've been asked to do things I wouldn't even imagine doing. I wouldn't, seriously, I wouldn't have picked for myself to do. But everywhere I've been, thankfully God has helped me to just have a yes in Whatever your hands find to do, you can do it. I've been asked to do things that I didn't even think. Here's one right here. I just had a yes in my spirit. I'm like, Lord, what, what am I doing this for? How would you? But I see the benefit. In Hawaii, 19 years old, joined the counseling ministry. Had an amazing counseling ministry. One of the leading, I think, at that time. He's still there. Uh, he's a, ended up being a general in the army. He worked at Tripler uh, uh, Army Medical Center, and he's a psychologist. He at that time he was the the, the most successful psychologist in the United States Army. And uh, uh, he belonged to the church that we went to. And so he was more than well qualified. All the highest of credentials and qualifications, he was a man of God. And he started a counseling ministry in the church. And many of us joined. And I'm 19 years old, and I'm single. And I want to help people. It's helping people when they come to Christ. How do you disciple? 
How do you get them to follow up with him? How do you how do you follow up? How do you bring them into a relationship with Christ for a certain amount of time? Walking with him for a certain amount of days, I'm sorry, weeks, uh, uh, even a few months, and having you know procedures and all of that wrapped in, and 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 uh, so I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I could counsel with the young men, right? I could talk with the young men. Man, he challenged us. You talk to you, you 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 interact with everybody. And and I had sometimes I had to go with and, and counsel with couples. I like Lord. Now look, I'm I'm 19, I'm 20. I think I got to be 20. And you gonna send me on a mission to to talk to some couples about a, 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 a their situation? I've never been married a day in my life. What are you talking about? Now, to the natural, that makes no sense, right? But he gave us the word of God. He gave us a foundation. He said, "Just God said, sir, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm." Yes, you are. And I'm amazed. I was amazed. And I told you, to the natural, that don't, that don't make much sense, right? Why are you gonna do that? I just remember going, nervous. You know, not kicking the screen, but nervous. Saying, "God, I need your help," and just relying on what the information I was given and relying on the Holy Spirit to help me to the best of my ability. I left, and people talking about, that blessed me. I'm like, oh, you know, read what I said, Wendy. Little did I know that that would be a part of what God would do in my life. But just being willing to do what God told me to do. Someone saw it in me and have called me to do something I had no idea, wouldn't have thought about at that point in my life, do it. And what have we seen? What do we do now? We help with couples. We help with singles moving into marriage. So many of them are here today, right? That you get to help. You get to influence. That you get to give the word. God would call you. I'm sitting right there. Uh, Pastor Linda's not here, but she's really good for uh, asking you to do something right on the spot. And uh, so I just like to have a yes in my spirit. Yes, ma'am. I'll do it may not be my necessary area, my, my, my area. Yes, ma'am, I do. Just live, having willingness, a willingness, a willingness. God opens doors. And he says, I can use this person. So that's the first part. Being, just being willing. Whatever, just be willing. And then being obedient. That when you step out in your willingness, be obedient to the instructions that are given, being obedient to the Holy Spirit, and you see yourself doing things that you would not have imagined yourself doing. I did not imagine going to the prison ministry. That was not, and when I got saved, that was, that's not something I imagined. Elder Willie is acknowledging that, and many other men who go have gone with us. I, I, I didn't start off life saying I want to be, you know, ministering in the prison. But just because I was willing years ago, just willing. I'll go. I'll encourage someone. I'll sing a song. I'll pray. God has opened doors. And uh, was it last, maybe two weeks ago, two Saturdays ago, Saturdays ago, uh, two Saturdays ago, I think it was, we had a chance to go at, for the first time and, 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 and speak at a uh, um, family, Easter family worship service. Oh, praise God. And uh, that was amazing. Because normally we go in and we get to talk to the, to the vendors themselves. And, and, but this was a service that was open to the family. What a blessing it was to worship with family members. What a blessing it was to be to talk to them about relationship with God and keeping their trust in God and giving hope again. God 
God just opens doors. Minister Monica is a great example about the base and just being willing, right? You didn't have to feel like you had all the qualifications, like, oh, God, you're going to let us in. Come on, you're just willing. Then you're obedient. You're consistent. The promises just connect with you. Let me say this, and I'm going to close. As we were uh, celebrating something just here recently, uh, and God told us to, to do it, and he said, don't worry about it. I got you. I said, okay, Father, uh, you've been faithful all these years, so, hey, let's just do this one too. And uh, in the, I think it was probably in September or October last year, the Lord impressed upon us uh, that we wanted to do something we wanted to do financially and we get to a certain point that we could be more of a blessing to the kingdom of God. And God said, uh, uh, time to sell the home. I'm like, okay. We've been living here, had a great time. It's such an amazing place, huh? That was an amazing place. I enjoyed that, man. That was a great place. And uh, God says, it's time to sell. I said, okay, we'll do that. And uh, I remember we've had God connect us with the right person. We've been knowing for a long time here uh, since we've uh, pretty much been here. Uh, realtor, she's just been amazing in our lives. And, and uh, so I called her up. Uh, and uh, uh, no, before that, so before that, we went to the Prosperity Conference in of November, uh, Deacon David uh, was there, right? And uh, the words that were coming forth from uh, the teachers, Apostle Thompson and different teachers, was so confirming. And uh, I already knew this in September, October, God put in our hearts to do. The word there, Holy Spirit began to move and he began to prophesy and spoke specifically to those who were with their homes, selling homes, buying homes. Don't worry. Trust God. And now here's the thing is, you know, in this, you know, you could say in the economy that things, you know, even this environment, selling a home may take a while, a, a home that's that large and it has a different, um, what I'm thinking about, dynamics to it, not just any family. It, would, it wouldn't just fit any family because of the way it's structured. So it, it, it would meet a certain criteria, a certain demographic, if you will, that's what I'm looking for. And so I didn't worry about it. I said, okay, God, we got it. We, we're going to do it. Word just came, confirming, confirming. But all this time before then, we were sowing seed. So when we sowed our seed, we sowed it with a, with an intention. God, this. When pastors would say, write something on the envelope, we would write it. We put that uh, 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 selling our home on there. When we went and sowed seed other places, selling of our home, thanking God for doing it. All we did was just sow seed and believe. You know, we started the process, and by uh, uh, November, man, talked to that lady, and she was just the right one for the job. She said, Fred, we got you. Fred, I read we got Don't you worry about anything. Got it. She listed that home so fast. I'm, I'm like, she had signs up on there. I'm like, where that, where that come from? I'm trying to walk out the house. She didn't say she's coming to bring a sign, Marco. I come up, walk out, and I didn't even notice that I went to work. I come home. I read said, you see this sign? I said, what sign? The signs on the way. Hey, it's a sign in the yard. Am I right, Reen? Kylie? It's, it's for sale. What? Hey, wait for you say now. Anyway, this is in the winter time, right? Winter time, people are not moving a whole lot. Uh, didn't worry about it. So we just kept sewing, kept doing what we were supposed to do. Here to tell you, God did all that. I'll tell you so much. But in, I think in February, the right family came along, and it was just for them. And so going through all the process and not worrying about a thing. I'm telling you, I never had a worry, never had a doubt. Miss Noah never worried, never doubted, never rethought. 
just trusted God. God just worked it out, Gary. He just did it so it was so smooth. It was it was like I say this in basketball. I wanted to teach him how to do layups. Don't go in there doing layups and banging it off off the backboard. And you go in really really hard. You're supposed to go in hard, but then you're supposed to be able to lay it up smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. I want to lay. Go hard, go hard, and lay it up smooth like butter. Because if you go too hard, you're gonna bang off, and you. So you go hard, Bobby. Then you gotta know when to lay it up smooth. Am I right, Lafaro? Lay it up smooth like butter. He plays good basketball. He's a good basketball player. And so it was smooth like butter. And it, and the house closed. We finished it up on uh, just what was it? Last, was this Monday? What's happening? Monday was what was Monday's date? It was the 28th of uh, this past Monday, April 28th. Closed on the house. Done. Signed. Sealed. Delivered. And we didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to. We didn't have to pay. We hardly had to pay any money. They gave us some money, not a whole lot. We didn't. We didn't. Didn't make no whole lot of money on it. But all we wanted to do was just, God, you tell us to do something. This is going to free us to do. And some I know people are going out to home ownership and praise God. You pursue it. You go do it. But I said it wasn't a big deal to us at that point. We've been owning home for 22 years, so we've done that. We've had that experience. Okay, great. It's, it's fun. It's, it's 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 beneficial. So no 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 skin. No, we've done that. So I want to do this though. I want to be a blessing to the kingdom more. I want to be debt free. I want to be able to do some things. We want to say I am representing. I read that. I we want to do some things. So then, where are we going to go stay? Woo! Oh my goodness. Where are we going to go stay? And uh, she said, Don't worry about it, Fred. I got you covered. I'm like, Okay. And so we went, you know, doing our little checking around and everything. And we had a place that we were really interested in. Overlook whatever we were going to do, we said we want to look at some water. You know, been in the Oak Harbor long enough. I want to see some water. All I want to do is see the water. I want to see the water. So you know what? So when the water comes, and by the water, what happens when the fall comes in? Boy, it really comes off that water, doesn't it? Woo! I want to see it. And uh, so we had this one place in mind, and we were almost about to do that. And uh, we were gone on that Friday to the next conference here. That we were just in Marysville for that conference. And uh, someone rented it. And uh, it was amazing because the Holy Spirit had to check me. Because I was saying, you know, I want to make sure we get this. I want to I make sure I interject this when I talk to this gentleman again. I want to interject this point. I'm not lying. I just said it to Iretha as we're traveling. And the Holy Ghost checked me and said, what are you talking about? I didn't tell you to say that. Don't say a word. I said, Father, I am so sorry. Forgive me. This is on a ride. Got there at the conference, and, 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 and the apostle said the same thing. Yes, he did. Don't, don't try to do anything for God. Just let him do it. I said, God, thank you that you already corrected me on the way. So that just, Ms. Black, it just confirmed that we didn't write it. Anyway, it come back, come back. God said that wasn't it. And praise God because it was away from the water. You could see the water, but you, you weren't at the water. So we kept looking, and this other place came available. Iris and I went over there real fast, got them keys, went to go check it out. And guess what? Hello, water. I'm sat right here to maybe look past the wall. There's the water. And uh, have great neighbors, uh, the Gittins uh, family. We haven't got a chance to get down there yet, but we're coming. And uh, knock on your door, and let's sip some tea or something together. You know what I'm saying? And then look at the water. You say, bring a hat? Oh, okay. Uh, 
let's just do something. Y'all come on down. Let's just do something. Look at the water. And eagles are out there in that water. I'll be seeing them until they land when the tide is out. They come and get on those branches. I'm like, man. But God did that. And we applied for the place, for the rental. And I'm going to tell you, Luann, I mean, we did the application and, and walked away. And by the time I checked my email, the same day, maybe two hours later, I wasn't looking for that. I was just checking the email. It was an approval. came back. said, it's yours. And in it, in it said, we're glad to work with you, Pastor Burleson. I didn't go in there and tell him I'm no pastor. That, you know, on the application, they asked what I do. So that's what I, that's what I do. You know, I, so that's a, I didn't go in there and say, I'm Pastor Burleson. Give me a house. The honor that came back from them, and they, in the email it says record time. We never seen it happen this fast before. All we did was just walk in, do what God tells us to do. Perfect peace, and now the perfect place. Looking at the right piece of property that we want to look at, in Oak Harbor. We can see y'all when you go into the commissary. I've been seeing y'all already. <laughs> Alex goes up and down the road all the time. I call you too, Alex. You don't answer the phone. I'll be trying. Alex, I just saw you go down the road, but you don't answer the phone, man. I did. You be driving. I don't know why Ella Willie's laughing, because I saw him go by too, and I tried to call you. You didn't answer. But I can see you go down the street if you come that way. So I'm going to call you. So answer. If you see us from us, answer the phone, because we just sound to say, hey, man, we just saw you. We just saw you. Won't you come on back on your way through? You know, have a sandwich or something. Let's enjoy life. Oh, okay. I shouldn't have said it, but these two, because they actually would do it. <laughs> But we mean it. <laughs> right, right. But what am I relating on to you? Just an example of those five points. Living honorably. I go back and look at it myself. Speak thankfully. Oh, I heard you there. Act boldly. Respond faithfully. And trust courageously. Every promise that he promised you is yours. And the person that we're living next to is one of the largest business owners here in Oak Park. I had no clue. Someone had to tell me that. I had no clue. He's my next door neighbor. And you see, you see that name on a lot of stuff right here through Oak Park. I'm like, God, why did you put us? Ooh, praise God. You put us, why did you put us right there? I didn't know that. He's 83 years old. Next neighbor over here is 91 years old, living on his own. I said, God, you put us with, between that. That's a lot of. I said, just the guy who's 91 is almost Aretha and I age combined. And here we are. In the middle. Are you following me? And and I just said, well, what talk, talk about living honorably honor, honorably because people are watching you. God said, I'm gonna use you to maybe be an example. In so many ways. There's more ways if you can kind of work your mind with me, there's more ways of being that example. A Christian. There's some other ways. Maybe you can work your mind with me to see this honorable people. And they need to know a difference.